You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week. I am joined by comedian, very funny comedian, Chris Porter. He's got a, a special out right now on Amazon Prime called A Man from Kansas, and it's very hilarious. You should check that out after you're done checking out this podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and a, and a comment. I mean, come on. Uh, as long as you're enjoying what you're what you're listening to, um, you could also head over and watch this on YouTube. That's right, Drinks with Johnny has its own YouTube channel now. You can head straight over there and uh, see the whole video of this chat. It went on for a little longer than we expected. We were both drinking some tequila and just shooting the shit. And next thing we knew, it'd been almost two hours. So hope you guys enjoy this this little chat that I got. Um, Make sure that you are following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That does help out the show. Um, we're going to get some more guests coming up. We're very dedicated to get, bringing you new guests every week. So make sure that you subscribe and turn on all your notifications so you don't miss a thing. Um, tell a friend. All those great things. We're going to keep this thing rolling. And uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to bring you Chris Porter. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the show. And as I've said on this, you know, on this show the last several weeks, thank you to Sweet Drop CBD Oil. That's right. I'm still talking about it because I'm still using it. You got Sweet Drop sent me some stuff. Um, I've been using it at the top of every show. Just kind of takes the edge off. You could head over to SweetDrop.com. They've got all the information there. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to sit here and tell the take the time to tell you every little bit about it. Just go to SweetDrop.com. They've got all the information right there. There's no bullshit. Um, I like the uh, blood orange flavor. It's a really good one. I'm going to take that, drop it underneath the tongue. Just let that sit for a little bit. And uh, guess what? If you head over to sweetdrop.com while you're learning about cannabis or CBD oil, you can also use the promo code DRINKSWITHJOHNNY. That's drinks with J-O-H-N-N-Y. They'll give you a promo code of 20% off your order. I think it's a pretty good deal. So head over to SweetDrop.com, find out what Sweet Drop and CBD oil can do for you, and use that promo code DRINKSWITHJOHNNY. Now on this week's episode of Drinks With Johnny, I am joined by very, very funny comedian Chris Porter. We have a few mutual friends and some fun anecdotes and stories to get into this week. Um, so without further ado, I bring you Chris Porter. How are you doing tonight, man? Well, sir, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I do. I feel much better after that CBD. I don't, I don't know if you've been fucking with that shit, but uh, it makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll do like the CBD for like my muscles and stuff. Like when I'm sore, like I'll do the salt, the sabs. Oh yeah, just like the 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 direct ones, like the the oils and shit that you can just like rub right into the muscles. Yeah, I did a show in Denver, and someone gave me literally a box of CBD stuff, including suppositories. A CBD suppository. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know what to do with it, so I, and I posted. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I could, I could explain what a, what a suppository is. You don't know what to do with it. Okay, this is this is great. It's an educational moment for everybody here. Um, a suppository is a pill or some form of, of of ingestion that instead of going in your mouth, you reverse eat it and put it straight up your ass. Yeah, uh, I yeah I know yeah <laughs> I I just didn't know. What in God's name I would need it for? 
posted a photo of it on my Instagram and a friend of mine was like, oh, you should give them to your sister because they're good for periods. And I was like, ah. yeah, no, I'm not going to go to my sister and be like, hey, next time you got the fucking monthly, pop one of those in. I, <laughs> that's that's I, over. That's overstepping the brother sister bounds, I think, a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, so. <laughs> But why did that? Why did that fan or that 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 uh, audience member uh, give you a suppository then? And did they think that you had a time of the month that was supposed to be coming around? Or you know, the thing that I like about my fans is that they are open-minded and they're <laughs> like, "Hey, in case you're into shoving things up your butthole, here's a little <laughs> stuff for me to you. If you're not into it." So be it. There's a box. Of, there's a bunch of other shit in here, but uh, well, at least they gave you the they they gave you a, a option. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> if it would have just been a box of suppositories, I would have definitely taken that as an offensive thing. <laughs> like, do, I just, do I just play off that I'm a depo- yeah, suppository guy? I didn't. I I didn't I, I didn't catch that. I mean, I I, wa- I watched your most recent special. Uh, a man from Kansas. I didn't. I didn't catch that part of it. Maybe I was a little too high, but I. 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 I, I missed that part. Third or fourth time. Oh, okay. You got to watch it. That okay. So everyone, go check out a, a, a man from Kansas. That's uh, Chris Porter's special. That's available on Amazon Prime, um, and uh, or just Amazon in general. It's free if you have Prime. Which who doesn't have Prime these days, Chris? I got to ask the question: Does anybody not have Prime these days? Uh, I think there are some people that don't have it, but they know people that have it, so they just use theirs. <laughs> ah, the smart ones. According to Amazon, she has 19 addresses. <laughs> I like that you're looking it up right now. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just a little stoned and forgot where the camera is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, I think you found it at the end there. Your eyes were following the right. There it is. There it is. I'm halfway through it. I'm like, no, I'm staring at the home button. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that's great. Oh, okay, so I'm glad you mentioned your sister already at the top of the show. Because uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is your podcast with your sister, The One Millionth Podcast. Love the title because as, as us podcasters know, there is at least a million podcasts out there from everybody under the sun. And uh, you and your sister put this one together. Uh, I listened to a few episodes the other night. I think what you guys are doing is really cool. You could definitely hear like the sibling back and forth, which is a little different from a lot of podcasts I've heard. Um, what was the what was the reason for it? Was it just you know I'm a comedian, so I need to have a podcast, or like what was what was the the main goal of having the butt? You know, everyone from my agent to my fans to people that I was uh, their podcast on, they were like, "Why don't you have a podcast?" And I never. You know, I just thought I, I actually tried one in, I don't know, 2011. Time is a valuable thing and a bit of a mystery to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was called Chris Porter's General Store. And I did like 20 episodes and I kept trying to book guests. And when the guests showed up, it was great. And but also when they didn't show up, I had to cover it on my own. And I just and you couldn't. You know, podcasts weren't what they were now or what they are now. So it was like when you ask someone to do their podcast, they would do it. But also if something else came up. Well, I just got I recently just got into podcasts, even listening to them before I even started my own. It was only a couple of years ago that I even started listening to podcasts and had any interest in them, to be honest. 
I mean, before, like you said, I would be on the other end of it um, as the bass player of Avenge, and people say, "Oh, come on the podcast." I'm like, "What's a podcast?" And I'm not going to do that. I don't. I don't have any business. And now I'm like, I really probably should have done more of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember when people. I just thought it was kind of stupid at the beginning, and uh, because radio was still humongous, totally. And you're well, like, why would I listen to this when I could just listen to the radio? And then obviously radio dies off and, and Spotify and Pandora all become things. And Well, then you're uh, also kicking your ass that you didn't just stick with it like Joe Rogan. I mean, the, the sweet deal that he just made with Spotify famously last month was uh, nothing to sneeze at. I mean, he's kind of the godfather of podcasting, though, right? I mean, he's, he kind of started the whole damn thing. Yeah, I'd take a quarter Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Rogan at that. Um, uh, but back to, you know, so like I didn't, I just thought I'd miss the boat. And then my, my sister was, you know, she came and hang out, would come and hang out at my apartment like once a week. And we'd get high and watch TV and make fun of it and make each other laugh. And I was like, well, this would, this should be the podcast. And I, she was like, well, what we, should we call it? And I'm like, well, we're so late to the party. We're like the one millionth podcast. And she was like, there is. And That's a great uh, title. Thank you. So we tried it, and you know, with really no expect, you know, there's still really no expectations. It's just us hanging out. Uh, we finally had some guests when we went back home, and we're gonna try to do more of that once the coughing stops. The and coughing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I heard, I heard, I heard you guys talking about the guests. I think you had your. Do you have your mom and your dad at one point on? Yeah, mom got real. I mean, mom's not a super talkative person anyway. Okay. Uh, especially when she's around the three, the four, when it's the four of us, because me and Andy and dad kind of take over, and mom just kind of sits back and watch. And then every once, mom's like a ninja or a sniper. She just waits and waits, and then she says one thing that devastates everyone. <laughs> so on the podcast, she kind of hung back and let dad take over. I mean, even dad clammed up a little bit. It was kind of fun to watch because Andy and I, you know, we just take off and we're in the middle of it. Yeah. And then dad's just, you can tell he was a little stunned and a little, cause they look to every episode. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's cool. I mean, uh, again, that was kind of keeping it in the family there. How, what, what were some of the other guests you've had on the show so far? Uh, it was literally my mom and my dad. And then, uh, the next weekend we had two of our cousins on. Dude, you're just keeping it all in the family. Yeah, well, we were home for the hot for the fourth, and we were just like, "Fuck it, let's just have these people in here." And it's also people that we talk about on the podcast all the time, so mm -hmm. it was good for the regular listeners to actually meet those people. So, uh, but we want to get some of our friends in that are in the industry, obviously. Uh, but again, the coughing. So. <laughs> uh, once all that clears up, I'll start lining, you know, start paying, cashing in some podcast favors. And yeah. Some of I think that'd friends. be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm just doing them virtually right now while you say the, uh, coughing's going on. I, I like how nonchalant it's just the coughing. It's not, it's not an actual pandemic or a virus. Just once the coughing stops. Yeah. I think we're past, you know, people, especially in, you know, the middle of the country, I think people have just given up giving a fuck and, <laughs> and they're just throwing caution to the wind and it's, and it's bad. Yeah. But even, you know, even I'm trying to be careful, but also it's like, it's getting to the point where you're like, I have to do something. 
Yeah. I, I, and I, I, and I hear that. I hear that gripe for me. I, I mean, I totally, it's a fucking bummer. I mean, I just, I just, I really just can't stand the same people who are complaining about that to the, for the most part are also the same ones who at the beginning and probably even still now are the ones who say, oh, it's bullshit. And I'm like, wait, which part of it is bullshit? You don't believe the virus? The virus is not Santa Claus. It's, it's an actual virus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which part you don't believe in. <laughs> There's people that are contrarians. If, yeah. if everyone says one thing, then they have to say the opposite. And it's like, no. And it also is like, man, I knew you in high school. You barely passed basic science. So are you don't really know what's real and what isn't. <laughs> We're going like, to get, I want to get into that a little bit when we talk a little bit more about your special there. Uh, but real quick, I still want to uh, keep on um, your podcast, the one millionth podcast um, and your sister, Andy. Uh, you guys also seem to have a bit of a musical background. I was listening to one podcast and both of you just break out into uh, what was it? Boys to men singing. Uh, it's so hard to say goodbye. Um, and you know, like I was, I wasn't expecting it. I had no, no uh, previous notion of your guys' uh, singing ability. Um, you were able to, uh, hold a couple of the lower notes there for a second, but I have to give it to Andy. She was clearly the, uh, the better singer, right? Uh, at least in that moment. So, well, yeah, that's, oh yeah, I don't, I'm not normally a bass. So I was just trying to find oh, the so notes. You're usually the falsetto. Uh, very, no, I'm not, I'm right. The, the soprano, tenor. sorry. The tenor. Soprano, the tenor. Yeah. Uh, long story short, that's not my tune. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but no, Andy's a great singer, not taking anything away from her, but yeah, I definitely, I wasn't, I'm not comfortable or I don't, I don't know that song well, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, our parents always mu music's always playing in the house. It always was. Uh, even to this day, if we're home, if we're all getting ready, dad turns on the stereo and blasts, you know, classic rock or soul music. And that's just, our, our uncles were in bands. And also in our, when we would all get together, there was no like make-a-wish scene where you could play and not be decent. Like if you were awful, they would tell you to stop. <laughs> that's brutal. And, it's like you, you, got, you got your set of judge, uh, judges on, on the board already. Oh, even to this day, like, <laughs> like at Christmas last year, I was just literally at, at the table playing, just strumming a guitar, picking it, not, uh, not playing loudly. And my uncle was drunk and he goes, well, just fucking play the song. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. I was just, you know. You're a musician. You just fucking sometimes you're just picking. Yeah, a lot of most of the time. I mean, I, I've made a career out of just picking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, man. we love music in our house. So, That's awesome. Yeah, so, so you mentioned some of the some of your musical influences early on. Probably came from uh, your parents. You said your dad would play some classic rock, some soul. Um, I heard on the podcast that you also will get drunk and demand jazz be played. So uh, what is it for you? What, what are some of your favorite uh, musical artists or or even just genres that uh, kind of shaped your musical interests? Uh, soul music was first and foremost. Uh, Otis Redding, Ray Charles. Uh, I think Aretha Franklin's the greatest singer of all time. Wow, yeah. I can't, hard to argue with that. Uh, and so... I'll, 
I'm listening to soul music at least once a day. Uh, but classic rock, the Black Crows were my band and still are my band. Uh, but, you know, the great thing about the Black Crows is they were very, they wore their influences on their sleeves. So mm-hmm. they introduced me to the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And uh, they didn't have to introduce me to the Beatles, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, everyone, <laughs> that, yeah, everyone's heard of the Beatles, but when do you, do, when was the first time you actually heard the Beatles and knew it was the Beatles? Because most people uh, probably, probably go through a, a part, a portion of their lives, not realizing that they know just about every Beatles song without knowing that they've been listening to the Beatles the whole time. Oh, uh, no, we knew the, who the Beatles were. I mean, my dad was very adamant that we know who people were and all that stuff. That's awesome. And so you, so would you say your family uh, can kick some ass in some music trivia uh, if, if, if it came oh, down to it? Sure. And they'll be dicks about it too. <laughs> like, well, how are you the- fair on the scale of, uh, of your family? Like where, where among the trivia are you last picked first picked to be on the team? No, I'm probably third picked behind my two uncles and maybe, maybe fourth picked behind my dad. I have a, I have a pretty good knowledge uh, now just because I've started up. <laughs> so like, these are all my records. Oh, that's rad. And so, uh, so yeah, just, just from becoming a record collector, you start to learn a shit ton about music. Uh, and so, you know, cause one artist leads you to another artist. Cause you know, especially if you have friends that are in records, they're like, Oh, well, if you like this guy, you'll love this guy. And so, Maybe at this point I might be a top five pick, but that wasn't up until recently. Gotcha. Okay. So, well, I mean, I mean, that means you you have a bit of uh, of of uh, music knowledge, which is good. And you just mentioned you got a, a vinyl uh, collection right there. I actually just got a vinyl collection. Now it's probably been eight nine years ago. My grandfather passed, and he was um, very OCD. So I got his entire collection, including like a bunch of jazz and classical, all like as if they had never come out and been listened to. So I, I, yeah, and it's like this, I can't show you right now, but it's this like, I've got like a nine foot long cabinet that I had built underneath my TV and record player that just, (laughs) that has, it's just filled from one end to the other with a bunch of of his records. So thanks. The cool records is... That's also a retirement plan. Worst comes to worst. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Those things are probably worth a mint. They probably were before I started playing with them because I'm not OCD. So <laughs> I, are you over there like, wicka, 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 yeah. what? And, and, it's, and for me, it's always been, uh, I, I, before I did the remodel of my house, I had this little room. I, I dubbed the speakeasy because it had a, those pocket doors. And I could close those pocket doors, listen to my records, uh, smoke in there. I want to get through that the whole house and everything like that. I'd smoke and drink and just sit there and listen to all these records. Now, for someone who drinks and smokes, you could imagine those records don't end up put it put back at the end of uh, side A or side B. <laughs> they don't get put back the same way. <laughs> drinking weed, you're weed. You're like a little more paranoid about it. Yeah, but drunk, you're all of a sudden you're a, a, a writer and you're just like, no, we must. We must create. I'll wake up Sundays and I'm like, what was I thinking? There's like a Waylon Jennings record and a Mose Allison record. I was like, I was having a problem last night. 
<laughs> or a really good time, you know, just depending on how you look at it. Uh, real quick before we brush over drinks, um, I'm about to pour some tequila. What, are you drinking tonight or, or have you, uh, it's Wednesday night, it's middle of the week. Oh my gentle Jesus. Okay. Now I know that we're going to be, we're going to become just good friends because we did not talk about which tequila we'd be having tonight. Yeah. You see that? Here's to you, my friend. Yes. Don Julio, 1942. It's probably one of my favorite uh, tequilas that you could get basically at any fucking store. Yes. So I'm just going to... You, you drink it on the rocks? I drink one rock. Yeah. Yeah. When, when it comes to high-end tequila like this and, you know, high-end whiskey and scotch for that, for that matter, I just like it neat, man. I, li- I like to get after it. You're a bigger man than I am. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, again, I want to thank you for being on the show and get into a little bit uh, more of your music taste and, and stuff that we, we we'll have a mutual connection on before we get on to some of the comedy. Um, I know that, uh, as we said, you play guitar. Oh, we, you were just talking about noodling on guitar. Your sister sings. Come from a household of music. I was trying to find, so this is funny. I saw on your Instagram many moons ago, you were thanking some of your comedic friends for giving you shout outs on your new LP. And I went, whoa, Chris Porter's got an LP. I went looking for it, hit the first track. I was like, okay, this is going to be hilarious. It's got a great title. And it says, and now coming on the stage, Chris Porter. And then everyone starts laughing. He's going to your comedy. I was like, oh, fuck. I thought he made an album, a a musical comedy. Uh <laughs> I wish. I was wondering though, with with all that music, and I, I've seen that you play pretty. You mean you, you play guitar? How long have you been playing guitar for? Uh, since I've been on the road as a comic, so twenty years. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm I'm sure you enjoy it. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be doing it. Uh, do you have any aspirations of putting out a, a music comedy at some point? Uh, my friend and I, my buddy in Kansas City. During the pandemic, he was like, we've always talked about making music. Now's the time. And so we've actually been working on, I wouldn't say an LP, maybe an EP. Okay. Uh, But we got like four or five songs, three of which are okay, I think. And uh, I actually spent a lot of today putting down the guitar track. Awesome. What kind of uh, what maybe, kind of music is it? I mean, are we are we are we are we going to see a different side of uh, Chris Porter, or is it is it mainly uh, comedic based? No, it's it's uh, it's straight down the middle music. Nothing funny. I mean, there's a witty line here and there, but nothing like. It's not like know, an Adam Sandler comedy CD for no, or anything like that. No, gotcha. Maybe, I mean, as far as the wit goes, closer to like a Todd Snyder, just like here and there. Okay, uh, but. Um, but pretty heartfelt, you know, legitimate lyrics, that kind of stuff. Uh, one is one of the tunes is kind of funky, soulful. And then another tune is, I don't know, a little, my morning jackety, which is weird. They're not really my band, but the way the tune came together, I was like, that sounds cool. And, uh, and then I got one that's just straight up America. Uh, acoustic folk music. Okay. Yeah. Rad. So, well, that's cool. I can't wait to hear some of that. Do you have a? Do you have any idea of when you might be releasing that, or are you just still kind of working at it now? 
I mean, it's just, you know, it's like a softball league at this point. It's pretty recreational. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I love doing and I've really enjoyed the process. Like I just had so much fun in here, you know, playing with effects and just sitting on garage band and, and getting it done. So well, I'm glad you mentioned it. I was, I was just going to ask what you were recording on. I mean, everyone's got their uh, home studio and I'm still using pro tools. That's what I, I, I grew up using in the industry. Um, a lot of people using garage band logic, things like that. Where, um, when you say using uh, GarageBand, what kind of do you have? I got to geek out a little bit as a musician. What 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 are you using as preamps and effects going in? Or are you just using what's built into GarageBand? I am. I'm just using what's built into GarageBand simply because. Uh, I mean, when I talk about effects, I'm just really talking about echo and reverb, and I'm I play with the vocals a little bit, but I'm only playing acoustic on the record. Uh, I did plug in an electric, but real clean. You know, just like. Plugged into an amp, no, no effects. Gotcha. Uh, and then I bought a Focusrite. It's called a Focusrite Solo something, and it's basically just a DI for my computer, so Perfect. I can just yeah. plug. And then yeah, and then you just run all the plugins right there on there. That's awesome. That seems to be. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of records are getting done that way. To, to be honest, these days, you know, it's 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 pretty rad the the technology that's going around. I mean, there's you see all these uh, bigger musicians coming together under the pandemic and doing cover songs together. I don't know if you've seen a lot of that, and people are just recording at their home studios and sending it together. It's it's kind of neat, you know. I uh, it's okay. I basically what I'm envisioning envisioning this is us putting the demos together, and but if we were actually going to record a and, and put it out i would want to fly home and and get some musicians together at least the drum and the bass and maybe the acoustic and my just just so because i've noticed that even it's just hard to get the vibe totally if you're no i know i mean yeah i'm not saying it completely replaces but for a lot of a lot of different styles of music it, you can you can get away with stuff and but yeah as you mentioned acoustic and drums for sure you want to you want to be in a nice, uh, a warm room recording that to get the clarity. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was just our moment of geeking out. We'll put a title on that. Our moment of geeking out on music, everybody. We just bored the shit out of you. If you're stuck, if you stuck through that, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what up, musos? Here yeah. you go. There's a couple of them out there. There's a couple of them, I'm sure. They always give me shit about my muso stuff, so fuck them. Anyways. <laughs> Another thing, let, let's let's stay on music for a second, but we won't geek out on it. I wanted to bring up some of our mutual friends and acquaintances um, in the music industry. One of your really, really good friends um, is actually one of my really good friends in uh, Zach Myers from Shinedown. Yeah, man. He's the best. He's a great dude. I've known that guy for many years now. He was actually just on the show right before the pandemic hit. He was the last one that I actually had at my house. To record because I usually record them here at my house in my upstairs bar. Um, and he was in town, and I was like, Yeah, come by, we'll do it real quick, we'll hang out. Well, you know, well, I'll have some beers, you'll watch me because you don't drink anymore. And uh, <laughs> so you know, he came down, we, we hung out, and then I, I got to talking to him. And your name came up a couple times in the conversation, man. How what, what was your uh, first introduction to Shine Down and Zach, and how'd you guys become friends? So I didn't know Shinedown other than 
the Simple Man cover, mm-hmm. and my attitude towards that, and I've said this to Zach, so I don't mind saying out loud. I was like, oh yeah, there's a song we need to hear again. Is that- <laughs> That's Every- funny because the first tour we ever did was Shine Down. They were playing that, and I'd hear it like while we we're warming up. You know, they were they were uh, main support on an arena tour we were doing, and we had them out, and I'd hear it, and I'm like they're doing a cover of Simple Man. Okay. <laughs> it was a great cover though like everybody like my family members and stuff who'd come through like at different shows are like oh it's good to see you but i gotta go catch this this song right now they do a great cover of simple man i was like cool man you go do it i gotta warm up anyway but, like, <laughs> so you so you so your first introduction was simple man i think that was a lot of people's first introduction to shine down and so it really wasn't my vibe and so but you know whatever and then all of a sudden zach reaches out to me on Twitter and says, Hey, I'm a fan. I think we'd be, I think we'd have a lot of fun hanging out. You just seem like my kind of guy, but I'm in town recording. They're recording threat to survival at the time. Okay. And, uh, he was like, let's just meet and have breakfast. And I was like, all right. And we met and I'm not kidding you in one breakfast. I was like, Oh, I've known you a lot longer than I've known. you." That is like the, that's like the most beautiful blind date I think I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like instant, like, oh, we're from the same place, basically. Like, we have the same values. We don't like vegetables. Like, it was like everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's we, we broke bread over the fact that we don't like vegetables. That we broke bread over the fact that we only eat bread and yeah. meat. <laughs> and... So, and I would just start showing up to Shinedown shows to hang out with Zach. And I didn't, you know, it's just so loud. I didn't really get it until one night I was standing backstage and Zach looks at the sound guy and goes, give Porter a pair of ears. And so I got in ears. Oh, yeah. And then you can, and then you can hear everything. Of course. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> fuck, amazing. And not only that, like, I'd seen it, you know, by the time I met Zach, not only had I seen the Black Crows for 40 times, I think I'd been on, I'd been on the bus. By this time I'd met him and become friends and been on the bus with him. So like, I was used to that world where the only person that moved at all was Chris. And so to see a band where everyone's jumping around like it's the goddamn NBA finals. (laughs) Yeah, they got a lot of energy in Shinedown, man. Meanwhile, not missing a note. Yeah. They're just so great. Uh, they're, it's insane. And so once I saw that and the more I saw it and the more I got to know Eric and, and Barry and Brent, it was like, these are four of the coolest dudes on the planet. And that, that whole scene, that whole shine down family is really great. So it was like, it's always it's never been a bad experience. And so through that, uh, Zach and I have just become really good friends that and, uh, way too many Vegas trips. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me about one of those Vegas trips there, Chris? Uh, there was one night. So Zach and I have a friend named Mark and Mark has done very well for himself in many ways. And so, one night I'm on Instagram. I used to do this thing where I would, uh, cause before the pandemic, I wasn't smoking weed during the day. Okay. Uh, once 
once the pandemic you, started. You, you had this. standards before the pandemic. Okay, I, I see. What <laughs> just for a little bit. Just for. <laughs> I was trying to attract a higher caliber of woman. Okay. And it's and always then, for a woman. It's always for a woman. <laughs> uh, yes, and she probably has a tear tattooed like right here. <laughs> Not all my fans are in jail, dude. Most of them got out. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Mark's like, Hey, are you coming to Vegas? And I'm like, no, Shinedown's playing Irvine that night. And he was like, yeah, I know we're going to go to Shinedown and then we're going to get on my plane and then we're going to fly to Vegas. Nice. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So we fly to Vegas, have the time of our lives. Couple weeks later, Zach and I meet up back in Vegas. For whatever reason, we go see it's on a Tuesday, and David Copperfield is the only thing playing. Okay. Right? So we go to see David Copperfield. Not a, we didn't really want to go. We just <laughs> you don't want to pay, you didn't want to patron the, the guys who were enslaving tigers. Okay, that, that, I guess that's big of you. Oh yeah, or a guy apparently has an island they call Rape Island. Oh, well, you just. You just took it to a different level that I didn't even know about. <laughs> yeah, either, but then you start Googling David Copperfield and it, it pops up. So listen, uh, we got tickets through a friend. And when the tickets show up, there's a meet and greet. With David Copperfield? With David Copperfield. He's like, we have meet and greet passes. And I was like, I don't want to meet this dude. Zach's like, I don't either. I was like, well, forget it. We'll just go to the show. So Zach and I, again, of the same ilk, while the show's going on, we're just looking for the, we're just trying to figure out how he's doing it. Yeah. And the show's, David Copperfield has been doing the same show for 14 years. Okay. 14 shows a week. No, I'm sorry. 16 shows a week for all those years. Uh, he does his lines like he is the casting director at an audition and you're the audition. Like he just reads them. He just says them with no emotion and really fast. And you can just see you just see it in his eyes and he's fucking over it. Right? Jesus. Like, And it's like a really deep show about trying to reconnect with his father. And so he's just like, I love you, Dad. I love you so much. I miss you. I miss you, Dad. <laughs> This is this, you're like you're bumming me out like real hard right now. <laughs> this right, just sounds fucking well, dark and fucked up. <laughs> and like he would bring people on the stage to like have them help, and he would talk so fast that the audience member would be like, "What?" <laughs> and then he would say something funny in reply to them. Like he'd kind of make fun of them for like not understanding them, and it was the. It was the only line he'd say at a normal pace. So <laughs> what this guy sounds like so, the fucking worst. <laughs> it was the show ever. So then the show ends, right? And Zach gets up and goes, Let's go meet him. Like, this is why I get along with Zach very well. <laughs> That's the perfect thing to do. That was the most ridiculously dark and weird thing I've ever seen. I have to go meet him. I have to go meet this guy. So we go and we're backstage and there's like eight of us and we didn't pay for these tickets. 
But we find out later that it's like $350 a person for these meet and greets. Wow. Maybe 50, something ridiculous. We walk in, there's this, and she points you to two, there's marks on the floor for you to stand. And this is before, and this is obviously before the pandemic and social distancing where we see all these now. And it make it makes more sense now. I just want to, I want to clarify to everyone. <laughs> this was not no, this a- <laughs> times when no one like even the even the black crows. I've been to their meet and greet. There were no marks. Yeah, and so they're like stand there. We watch. So we were the second group in line. The first group in line was like this dude, and he he was losing his mind. He couldn't believe it, and he said, "David, I saw you in Orlando." And you know what Copperfield said to him? I know. <laughs> he's a fucking superhero. Of course he knows. He's a magician. He's a fucking superhero. It, it took everything inside. I can't speak for Zach, but it took everything inside of me not to fucking just die laughing. Oh, I, would, I wouldn't have been able to stop. I would have just... I, but I would have been cool about it, too. I would have been like, dude, you are a god. Like that is hilarious. <laughs> so then he comes up. So then it's our turn. We stand in our spots. He goes, Hey guys, how's it going? And he puts his arm around us. And while his arms are around us, an assistant hands him two headshots. And then after the picture's taken, he goes, so how's it going? And he's just signing the headshots. And he's like, great. And he just hands us the headshots and that's it. You're done. Nice. And you didn't even say, did you, when he asked you what was going on, did you even, did he listen to your response? No, not at all. <laughs> could given, I could have said, oh, I'm dying of AIDS. And he was like, yeah, that's great. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll see you in, in so, Orlando, right? This was in Vegas. No, I know, but he was, <laughs> I was saying he was going to make a call back. I'm going to see you in Orlando, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to see you in Orlando. <laughs> so we walk out and there's a reason I'm leaving. And the first thing, they do is like, do you want to pay 50 bucks to get your pictures in a book? And me and Zach were like, fuck yeah, we do. Oh, yes, that's great. That is, that's fantastic. I was like, we have to capture the weirdest night we've ever had. Yes. And now, now where does that stay in your house? Is, is that above your, uh, your, the, the, the headboard of your, of your bed? Is that, is that? No, it's above my sink. With all my other photos. Okay, okay, I see. I see. You got that's your sink. You got a, you got a nice setup there. You got got family photos and yeah, yeah. Some and, vodka. And just, looks like some. Is that Pedialyte for hangovers or is that uh is that was that whiskey? Because I'm 41. Okay. And I and I work out. And then this is an assortment of spices, including uh, Zach sent me that. Oh, hardcore like, carnivore. Yeah. Yeah, and then this is for the ladies, a little vodka, a little bourbon. Nice. Yeah. Pretty dusty at this point. <laughs> well, that's great. So so we mentioned Zach from Shinedown. Great story there. Um, I also saw a couple other people. Um, you know, I just want to get a quick couple stories about here, too, in the music industry. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Kid Rock a few times. I see you're, uh, you're pretty chummy with him. Um, and then uh, the late, great Vinnie Paul um, was also out at one of your shows. I saw that. Um, you got any, I mean, Kid Rock, I believe, I want to say the first time I met him was a, a Grammy after party. 
We just went in passing. It was more of a like, hey. And I was like, hey, I know who that is. And he was like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to pretend like I do. And I was like, that's 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 how you know you made it. Because he, he started pretending like he knew who I was. I was like, there ain't no fucking way you know who I am. But uh, <laughs> it was it was funny. it was many years ago. And then over the over the time, we've we have some mutual friends. We party in Vegas together and be in the same suite. And he was bartending like one of my best friends, like bachelor parties years ago. He was just behind the bar in the suite. And it was like I like walked up and I'm like, hey, kid, can I get a can I get a Jack and Coke? He's like, no problem. <laughs> I was like, rad, man. Like, OK, so and then. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Fletcher, or Pennywise, a guitar player. Pennywise was on the show, and uh, he had a he had a he had very different experiences with Kid Rock when he was on the Warp Tour years ago. Um, so I just wanted to know, like, how did you become friends, and what what is your impression and or, or impressions, including your first impression of uh, Kid Rock? So I met. All right. Well, first off, I got booked on Kid Rock's cruise. Okay. And they booked it through my agency, and I just figured, because I was still wearing bell bottoms at the time and, and all that shit. Oh, by so the I way, I have to get into that before before I let you go. I'm getting into the the evolution of your look, but please continue. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I just figured someone someone from Sixth Man had called my agency and been like. Hey, we need a rock and roll comedian for the Kid Rock thing, mm-hmm. and and I fit the bill. Like that's what I figured it happened. And then weeks later, I was talking to a friend of mine at the comedy store. He's like, "Hey, man, weird story. I was hanging out with Kid Rock the other week, and he did like three of your bits and quoted <laughs> you. It was you and said how big of a fan he was of you. And so then, and he goes, and it turns out." he personally booked you for his cruise and i'm like i was like yeah i'm doing his cruise i didn't know he personally booked me i thought it was and then i told him the story i just told you and he was like you gotta you gotta see i know this was probably years ago i don't mean to interject here but you got to play it like you like you knew that like especially when you're among peers just be like yeah kid kid gave me a call on the phone i was kind of on the fence about it but like he's kind of a homie so i figure i'd do this thing for I was still very much in the because here's the deal when they called and offered me the gig I go yeah I'll do the gig and in my head I was like worst comes to worst if I I'll just write an article (laughs) get a gig writing somewhere and so you know I end up on the cruise and I remember Bob Kid Rock does the first show as soon as you leave okay first First dude up is Kid Rock. So I have my artist pass and I go to go backstage and they're like, you can't come back here. I was like, no, man, I'm an artist. And they're like, yeah, no, artists can't come back during Kid Rock shows. And I was like, well, fuck you and fuck that guy. And go to continue drinking somewhere else. Because I was not interested in a Kid Rock show. Okay. So then, uh, oh, I dude out of Flint, Michigan, a country dude, Whitey something, something uh, was playing a country guy. Okay. And I'll, I, I would go ahead and say, okay. And, uh, and uh, I don't know who that was based on Flint, Michigan, but I'll, I'll just nod my head and go, yep. I know that guy. Waylon, it's not Sturgill, but he sounded like Waylon. Okay. And, and fucking killed it. So I'm at that show and I'm having a great time. 
And I look up and on the set, cause it's like on the ship, it was in that like center bar area where there's like two levels. Anyone who's been on a cruise ship, like that's an area. And uh, so I'm watching it and he's up there and I'm like, well, if this guy's such a big fan, I'll go stand behind his entourage and wait for him to see me. So I walk upstairs and like, there's like a little security detail around his little group. And I just sit there and start drinking beer. And not 10 minutes later, he turns around to talk to somebody and he catches eyes with me. He goes, Hey, you. Come <laughs> and he starts talking to me and he tells, he was like, man, I'm kind of starstruck even talking to you. I'm like, and it's just the weirdest thing at the, and so, and we just became fast friends and, you know what? And Bobby is the most genuine dude on the face of the planet. And, uh, he invited me to a few of his houses and we've hung out and had deep conversations and gotten way too drunk. And he's always been, he's always been like, what can I do to help? You? Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, every, every interaction I've had with, with, with kid rock, I'm not on a, I'm not on Bobby terms as, as you are, but uh, every time that, I, that I've uh, had conversations with him in passing, he's always been always been gracious and, and a really cool dude, um, which is great. I'm glad you, you got that experience, too, through that. Uh, last, the last uh, uh, musician I want to talk about that we both are uh, mutual uh, friendships with uh, is Vinnie Paul. Um, obviously, you met him uh, before his passing, um, and... Were you a big fan of his before? Was he just out at the show? Had you did you know much about Vinny before? So yeah, Vinny and I met the one time, twice really. Uh, Vinny Paul was re was really good friends with the comedy club owner in Dallas. Okay, Randy Buck. That would and make sense because he had his uh, he had a strip he had a strip club out there too in Dallas. Yeah, and Randy and, and Vinny were fast, were really good friends, and Randy's a great dude, and, and, a, and one of the few, as you know from back in the club days, there's club owners that are dicks, and there's club owners that are awesome, and oh, Randy Yeah, Butler's, that doesn't change, by the way. It just, it just gets bigger. It's, it's, the scale just <laughs> there's There's bigger dicks, and then there's littler dicks, and it just, it's just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> So, and Randy Butler is one of those, you know, and I'm sure there are dudes that thinks he's a dick, but Randy Butler to me has always been nothing but great and supportive. And so Vinny came to a show one night and we hung out that one night and took that photo and had a good time and then cut to, I don't know, three years later, Zach and I, I, I forced Zach to go see Brett Michaels with me. And uh, you had to we force went, him. Uh oh. Uh -oh. oh. Okay. So here's what it was. <laughs> they were in, we were in Vegas again. Okay. And Shinedown was playing the rodeo. Okay. Because their song was like the theme of the rodeo that year. And I was like, hey, man, I'm playing at midnight. You're playing at seven. At nine, Brett Michaels is playing. I know you can get us tickets. I have to see. Because I was also kind of into, like, I had seen so many amazing concerts in my lifetime. I was in this phase where I was going to see shitty ones on purpose. 
Like I went and saw. <laughs> That's. I mean, I, I I find it funny because it's music. I've never done that with music, but I've absolutely done that with movies. I mean, I've picked out movies specifically to shit on them, or or I know that they're so bad I'm going to enjoy them. Uh, Corey Feldman. I saw him twice. Wow, his you're a trooper. Beatles tour, and it was they were two of the worst slash greatest concerts I've ever been to. In my <laughs> Uh, and so I was in that, this was on the heels of that. And I was like, I have to see Brett Michaels. I have to see this show. And Zach, him hawed about it. And I finally talked him into it. And we, we had to go backstage so he could thank whoever got us the tickets. And there was Vinnie Paul. And I was like, Vinnie, uh, I know you don't remember me, but, uh, I'm, I'm, Met you through Randy Butler, and he goes, Randy Butler, and he just kept walking. <laughs> oh my God, Vinny, rest in peace. He was the fucking best man. I've had we did a lot of tours together, uh, and got to know him over the years. One of one of my favorite uh, uh, lines. It's a short story, so I'll share it with you real quick. We were we were out with uh, uh, we were out doing the nightmare cycle we we're out uh we had mike portnoy playing drums for us from uh formerly from dream theater and he and his wife were out and Vinny, in classic fashion and finished his hell yeah set and was you know backstage having a couple drinks and um walked by and and saw uh marlene uh <laughs> portnoy i'm probably gonna get in trouble for sharing this story but hey fuck it it's my show um so <laughs> so she, she's standing there and and Vinny walks up and says nice tits and uh mike was standing right there and goes hey that's my wife Vinny looks him straight in the eyes and goes right on and keeps walking <laughs> <laughs> and from that point on I, I i will find a way to respond to my friends with a right on anytime i get it's like especially like when you find you you know you find yourself in a conversation and you don't really have anything left to say like your friend just like or someone just like said something like, oh, we just said that. And you just go, it's the perfect way to get out of it. Right on. And then I'm out. <laughs> it was a compliment. It was a compliment at the same time, right? He's like, good for you. Right on. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vinny Paul, man. I, fucking cheers. He's a good man. Mm. All right. Now, before we get, we'll finish up with a little bit of, uh, of comedy here in a second. I re- absolutely loved A Man From Kansas. Oh, thank you. But before we get into that, a couple of things. I'll start. We're going to get into sports here. You okay. and I are going to have some bones to pick with each other. But we're going to start on one that we could probably both talk about without getting too heated because who the fuck gets heated about golf? I see that you're, you're a bit of a golfer. Um, I have to ask, though. I saw the stitches. How many stitches did you have, and how old were you? You got you got hit in the. Let me just backstory it real quick. You got hit in the in the head with a golf ball at a, at a young age. Was it like fifteen? You're in your teens, right? Something seventeen. Like, seventeen. Seventeen years old. Ended up with what eighty something stitches in your head. Eighty. Yeah. And um, hit by a golf ball. This is obviously a horrific accident. Um, but I also heard that you were going to capitalize on this by buying a car with what settlement you thought was coming your way. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, 
so you get hit. I mean, I mean, obviously that's that's terrible, and and I'll, we could get into um, any of the long term effects that might still be happening, or how that inspired you to become a comic. Uh, I read a couple of things somewhere that that spoke about that. But before before we get into the serious side, I want to have a couple of laughs about it. Um, <laughs> so you get hit in the head of the golf ball. Obviously tragic, but then like what was it like two days later? You still got the stitches in your head, and you go to a car dealership. And uh, well, I wasn't later. I, I was still in the. I was just getting out of intensive care two days later, but a few weeks. I'd say three or four weeks later. Yeah. Okay. And you go to a, you go to a uh, you 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 finish the story, but you went to a a car dealership looking looking to buy a car, and they were looking you up and down like there's no fucking way he can afford anything on this lot. So yeah, mom and dad had basically told me they're like, look, if we find this guy who did this, like, we're obviously going to sue him and his. My mom's an insurance, so it was like his whatever insurance will take care of this, but you could get this amount of money, but bare minimum, you're going to get this amount of money. It was like 25 grand or something, but it was all based on if we found it, um, which we never did. That's a bummer. Uh, but, you know, being a 17-year-old kid and on a lot of pain pills and bored shitless, I was, me and my buddy were just like, let's go shop. I mean, we're car guys anyway. We'd love to go look at cars when we couldn't afford them potentially. So we drive out. You know, this was right after the Mustangs had been remodeled into oh, that right. 90s, yeah. in that 90s look. And they were the hottest. So we went and looked at Mustangs and the guy walked up and goes, I was like, hey, I'm only 17. I know I can't test drive. We're just looking. And he goes, well, if I can, if I may ask, how do you, how are you going to afford this? And I was like, oh, I got hit in there with a golf ball and I think I'm going to get a settlement. And the guy laughed and I took off my hat and I took off my little bandage scarf and I still had the 86 stitches going across. And you would have thought this dude saw Jesus Christ himself. Like the wow. look on this dude's face was just like. <laughs> well, how many times, I mean, in his defense, how many times do you expect to, to, to get called on that bluff? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's not gonna happen every fucking day at the, at the fucking shop i mean and then just so everyone knows you could go check out pictures of this uh uh chris just recently on his instagram i am chris porter um actually posted reposted a, a throwback to it you could see just how gruesome this was it did not look like a golf ball hit him if i if i had to judge without knowing the story i would have thought the motherfucker got bit by a shark on the top of his head that's what it looked yeah, like to me. Gruesome. They had to drill into my skull and pull blood clots out. It was it was a tough day, dude. So let's get into that real quick, and then and then we'll we'll brighten the mood with some comedic top topics after. But I mean, the that that must have been brutal. I mean, you're 17 years old. I mean, what what kind of uh, long term effects, not even just physically but emotionally, do you think uh, you you took from that experience of having to have brain surgery out of the clear blue sky. You know, you're just a 17 year old kid having fun on a golf course. And then next thing you know, you got blood clots and you have to have this really evasive uh, brain surgery. Luckily that all happened in about a six hour span. So that it was went right in. So you didn't, okay. I, between the time I got hit and the time I went to the hospital was about six. I played about five more holes after I got hit. Oh shit. And, yeah. And then Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I, I was saying that we we're going to do serious for a second, but I do have to ask. 
How were the remaining five holes? So how did you play? A part of the hole I got hit on. Jesus. I remember that to this day. <laughs> I hit the the golf ball, still parred it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's no one. That That's like the best story you could have out on the course. If I was playing with you, not knowing you, and like that story just randomly came up, I just I just dropped my clubs right there. He's like, this guy wins. It doesn't even matter what I do today. Like... <laughs> So the bummer was it was about two weeks before senior year of football. And I was, I started my junior year, so I was guaranteed a spot. And I was very much looking forward to that. And that was, as a matter of fact, uh, when the doctor came in after I got my CAT scan, it was basically like, there's blood clotting between your brain and your skull. We need to go in and get this clot out. And I go, well, Cause he didn't make it seem like that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just wait till football season's over and do the surgery then. Cause they said, if I had the surgery, I couldn't play football. And I was like, let me just finish out the season. And he was, if you don't have this surgery right now, the blood will suffocate your brain and you will die. Literally one of the most painful deaths that anyone's ever died in. Well, that made, it, that made all- the decision pretty easy then, right? Well, and yeah, I looked at him, I go, then why are you even giving me an option? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? That doesn't sound like a, yeah. Here, that was, that was not very Morpheus of him. It was like, here's the red pill and here's a fucking jackhammer. Which one do you want to take? <laughs> it, and he just made it seem like, hey, man, you want to have surgery or you want to die? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's Tuesday. You. <laughs> you figure it out. Why are you, how are you feeling this? It's, so, well, let's go do the surgery. So... And I didn't know this until years later, but I went through a pretty major depression after. And I just thought it was because I was 18. And also, like, my life was pretty set before I got hit in that with a I was already starting the process of joining the Naval ROTC program. They were going to pay for my college. And then I was going to be in the Navy for four years. And then the opportunities were kind of endless at that point. Like it was all like the next 10 years were set for me. And then as soon as that happened, gone. Yeah. Disqualified from the Navy, uh, all that. Couldn't play football. The the funny thing was when I went back for my three month checkup or whatever the fuck it was, or it was one month checkup. I was still 17 years old and stupid. I go, can I play football? And he goes, and the doctor Levy goes, no, but if you want, you can play golf. You know, was that the same doctor? Same doctor. And what was great was, uh, we found this out of uh, like a few months later was, I just happened to go into the emergency room when the best neurosurgeon in Kansas City was on call. Well, we can thank that uh, that surgeon very much so right now then that you're still he- here with us and sharing your comedy with us. It's not an easy thing for your brain function to do, uh, uh, to, to be on your on your feet all the time and create. Uh, where, where do you get your – what's your muse when we're talking about uh, comedic uh, things? You know, like uh, – Just, you know, usually life and, lo- you know, the pursuit of love is a lot of it. I try to maintain the amount of that just because everyone talks about trying to find love. But, you know, life in general is – I is my main muse, which is sucks right now because there is no life. I have no life. Yeah. It's, it's a little difficult. Like, like you watched a man from Kansas. It's, 
there's a few things about relationships, but there's nothing pop political. Yeah, you know, uh, I just, I, you say it right off the bat there. I feel like just a few minutes into the set, you, you, you mentioned that your comedy, you don't talk about religion or, or politics. Um, I did love the way that you didn't talk about it, though, in quotations and just like kind of like made a quick little joke that rubbed on the side of it and then went on. <laughs> and I made a joke about you know, talking about people talking about it, basically. Yeah. And everyone, hey, we, we don't need to give away everything there. Everyone should just go check it out themselves. A Man from Kansas is available on Amazon right now. Go check it out. Uh, you know, drink, get high, or be sober. Either way, it's still funny. Um, uh, I think you should check it out. I thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious. Uh, before I go into that, though, there's, you know, I want to end it on a good note. I can't end it on this note, so I'm going to get here real quick. Okay. You're a Chiefs fan. I know that you're feeling real good right now for the first time in your entire life as a Chiefs fan, I'm sure. I will humbly, I will humbly be like, okay, I know, okay, you just, you know, just got, I understand the potential of a dynasty here. Just don't forget how hard it is to actually create a dynasty, all right? Don't count your chickens over there. Hey, I see your Raiders helmet in the background. <laughs> and I it comes from a jealous place in your heart. And I get that. You know the most uh, jealous part about it, to be honest? What's that? Is that you guys got fucking Patrick Mahomes at, what was it, ninth overall? Are you fucking kidding me? It was 10th? Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Okay, so all kidding aside, I ha I'm, I'm obviously diehard Raiders fan. All my fans know it. Um, and, you know, you're seeing it in the back. Diehard fucking Raiders fan. Have been, I mean... My entire life, uh, I never actually saw them win championships. They all happened uh, when I used to watch the, the gridiron uh, flashbacks on ESPN. Um, but they were the L.A. Raiders when I was growing up. And I, uh, my entire family, we all grew up loving them. So the Chiefs, uh, uh, Brad Williams, who will get to his, uh, uh, Broncos, I also hate. And, uh, and then my best friend's a Chargers fan. I don't hate the Chargers. I've never really saw them as much competition, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the, the, the chiefs, the chiefs coming away with the super bowl and, uh, signing Patrick Mahomes to that 10 year deal definitely scares me a bit for, for the division. I, uh, I know the Raiders have had a similar road of disappointment as the chiefs have had playoffs after playoffs after playoffs with nothing to show for it. Yeah. I, I heard two years ago watching Kelsey got hurt and he walked up the ramp and they had all of the AFC championship banners. And all I saw were all I could name every year. I saw, I could name how we lost horribly in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so to finally win one was amazing. And uh, the fact that, yeah, there's we've signed what could be a Michael Jordan, LeBron esque Tom yeah, Brady? I hate to admit it. I hate to admit it, but you're right. I mean, I mean, I gotta. I mean, hats off to him. I mean, I, I, as a Raiders fan, I fucking have to spit a little bit. But I mean, I gotta be honest. I, you know, I'm not such a Raiders fan that I can't that I'm that I'm just ignorant to the rest of the world around it. Like I see his fucking talent. I see, you know, your guys' coach. You know, in uh, trying to blank now, uh, the the entire. Andy Andy Reid, yes, before he came from Philly. It, 
I mean, he couldn't have been a better fit for you guys, in all honesty. He had had the same track record in Philly before he came. A bunch of playoff appearances, NFC championships, one Super Bowl appearance without a victory. It, he he was already built for the Chiefs. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> like, I thought that's what was going to continue to happen. Oh, and then here comes Patrick Mahomes and fucking Tyreek Hill and fucking and Kelsey and the whole crew. And I'm just like, oh god, damn it! Just when I thought things were going to be okay for the Raiders, which I'm hey, I'm not counting out. By the way, this is not an omission for the fucking for the division. If and when I say if first, if and when this season happens, I promise you. He ain't winning both games this this season in the division. When the Chiefs and the Raiders play, and I've said this for two decades, records mean nothing. Mm. No, absolutely not. I don't get Dude, when the Raiders are in last place, which has happened many times, I don't like to talk about, but when it's happened a bunch of times, like I don't I, I thrive on those moments. I go, just wait. Everybody in our division, we're taking you out and taking away your, your playoff aspirations this year. You're gonna be nine, and you're gonna be nine. You got nine wins going into into week sixteen, and the Raiders are gonna fucking take that last one from you. Oh, and I've told every Chiefs fan I know, I was like, the Raiders can go one and fifteen, but if it's against us, they'll be fine with. It. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, congratulations to your team, the fucking goddamn Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I, I am happy for all of them. I mean, as individuals, you know, I can't hate, you know, they got a great talented team, but I, I mean, you already mentioned Vegas. Um, we got to go to a game chiefs Raiders in Vegas. We don't need to go to Arrowhead. I don't want to be that cold, bro. I'm from Southern California. Let's just go to Vegas. We'll meet halfway. It's not really halfway, but we're going to call it halfway. And, uh, when they, when they actually put uh, asses in the seats, maybe probably not this season, maybe next, we should go to a game together. And uh, we'll come up with a good like wager on uh, on just that game. We're not gonna we're not gonna wager the entire season, but that game we're gonna have a crazy wager for that night in Vegas. I love all of this, especially the Vegas part. <laughs> Let's get over to another quick couple of sports things. Another one of your teams. I'm not the biggest fan of is the is the Royals, but I will say it, the the championship that you guys won a few years ago was super nice because. The way you did it paid an homage to the 2001 Angels, my 2001 Angels that won the World Series. Then it was a lot of uh, it was it was a lot of base runs that uh, just caught everyone off guard. You guys played that same that same style, so congratulations on that on that one. Well, thank you. Uh, I actually the year before that in the 2014 when we lost in the World Series, I actually went to the two games we played against the Angels here in California. And it was funny because the first game we walk, you know, we're all decked out of Royals gear. And also, here's the thing about Angel Stadium. The first game, there were probably 10,000 empty seats. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, there's so much. You, you live in L.A. now, I mean, for the most part. There's so much going on here. I mean, to get to 162 games in Anaheim, don't get me wrong. It's a gorgeous and it's, it absolutely is a gorgeous stadium. I love going to it. But I only go a few times a year, and it's only a half hour, half hour away from my house. In all honesty, it's, it's. I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's not like it's a crazy community. It's not like I don't have fun. It's not anything. It's just there's so much else going on, you know. And 162 games is a lot to keep track of. And that was the first time the Royals have been in the playoffs in 29 years. So, like, there were a lot of Royals fans there, 
And so the first night, all the Angels fans were like, hey, you made it. Because it was after we beat the A's in that weird wild card game. Oh, anytime anyone beats the A's. Anytime anyone beats the A's, I'm okay with it. I don't care who fucking beats them. (laughs) Fuck those guys. Every single fucking time. So the first game, everyone's super welcoming. Everyone's having a great. And then we win. I think in extras. And then the second game, everyone is super... We showed up and they were just like, hey, what's up? And then by the end of the game, when they're losing again, they were furious. Oh, yeah. Not at us, at the team. Every time. And there's been, a, there's been a love, in all honesty, over the last 15 years, there's been a love-hate uh, going on with the Angels because we see the stacked names under, I mean, I mean, you're... It's not that they're underperforming. It's just somehow, even with their performances, it's not equating equating to W's all the time, which isn't crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. You have Mike Trout on your team, probably like, arguably like the best that that's been there since Mickey Mantle, and it's like, why aren't the wins happening? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know about this year, but I remember last year you guys had a bunch of good names. Yeah, and it's just, it, it'll happen. It, oh, it I, can't I, not. no, no, it will. I'm, 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 I'm still holding on to hope that uh, my generation will be the one to see the the Angels Dodgers in the World Series at some point. I'm, I'm holding on to hope. That'd be great. Yeah, not happening this year. Hopefully, I'm still on this year. I'm hoping for uh, Dodgers Yankees because I mean, you don't get to see that often, man. Dodgers Yankees in the World Series, like L.A. versus New York. That's that's awesome to see. That would be good, and also you don't want it this year because everyone would tell you it didn't count. Oh, they're going to say that about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Does it not count if uh, I have a kid in 2020? Is that like with... No, I have to father it at all. You can just leave it out Dude. on the street. This is fantastic news. Thank you for telling me that, Chris. I got to go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this has been Drinks with Johnny. Thanks, Chris. He just uh, informed me on something. And I get to get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of so you still you still play golf, uh, in in that you're probably much better than me. You're a natural athlete. You talked about how you played uh, football. What position did you play in high school before the injury? Well, uh, split end or wide receiver, as it's more normally called. And uh, I played basketball till my sophomore year, I think. Okay, from but, the pictures and- we haven't met in person, so from the pictures I can see that you're a little taller. Uh, wait, how tall are you? Six four. Six four. Yes, much taller than I. I, I bro, I was, I grew three inches right after high school, so wow. I wasn't that tall in high school. Yeah, yeah. What position did you play in basketball? Uh, guard, and okay. then uh, yeah, but I'm, I can probably hold my own on the football field. I couldn't dribble a ball to save my life right now. And then I play, but I still play softball. I love softball. That's fun. Well, do yeah. you have a well? You play basketball. Do you? I mean, out in Kansas City, there's not a lot of teams to root for. Who 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 do you root for? It, it was a big, Casey's. It's a big college basketball town. Yeah. We yeah. Oh, K- I don't count that. A- I, I don't count slave labor as uh, actual uh, <laughs> sport. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they get educated. No, I'm yeah, that is the best joke I've heard in a minute. <laughs> I was 
was born and bred a KU Jayhawk fan. That's awesome. And, uh, but do you so, have a yeah, professional it, team now? I mean, you've been out in LA. You know, I. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to answer this correctly, and I'm very upset that I think you're going to answer it incorrectly. But go ahead. The Clippers have always been kind of in my heart a little bit, but I always root for the Lakers. I root for all both LA teams. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the correct answer was survey says LA Lakers Clippers suck, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you slide. You're from Kansas City. You, you had to root for the Chiefs and Royals your entire life. I understand. You'd probably go for the Clippers, too. I get it. I get it. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I especially root for the Lakers now that they got. I've always been a fan of LeBron. It's You know, I was never a fan of LeBron and, until he came to Purple and Gold. <laughs> and, and still to this day, I will go on the record. I, I'm looking straight into the camera right now. I love you this season. LeBron James, you keep on doing it, but I gotta be honest. If you do not bring a chip to to the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm gonna go right back to you know discrediting you. I'm just I'm sorry. I just I know you're great. You're probably one of the you're probably one of the top three who's ever done it, and I will admit that. That doesn't mean I have to like you unless you bring a chip to my fucking beloved Lakers. <laughs> the game seven where he put the team on his back and beat the Warriors. Dude, impressive. I mean, it was all impressive. Everything about yeah. that, like, it was also impressive that you just saw the Warriors, the Splash Brothers, in the last three minutes couldn't hit a shot. That was incredible. That was weird to me. I was like, it was like they had a, the Cavs had like a 10-point lead. There was four minutes left, and I was with some other people that were rooting for the Cavs, and I just looked at them and was like, Tch. You got Thompson and Curry in the backcourt. Four minutes, ten points, ain't nothing. Just watch this. And you know who's hitting the threes? Fucking Draymond Green. The other motherfuckers weren't hitting threes. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> but even, even like, just, I remember during that game, like, you could, like, a lot of shit you see in retrospect, but I remember in the middle of that game going, he's literally putting this, because that without LeBron, that team doesn't make anything. No, they were they were last in the league. They were a lottery they were a lottery pick every year until he came back. And it's like even you know, I I I'm watching the last dance again. Like they Jordan had some people behind him. Oh yeah. So did and fucking name another person on that Cavaliers team that that beat the Warriors. Maybe Kyrie. Kyrie did. I mean at the end at the end of game 7 yeah. and I think it was game Three, if I'm not mistaken, Kyrie fucking dropped 40 in both those games. So I'd have to say he did a pretty good job in bringing that championship to Cleveland, too. For sure. But, like, it wasn't the Bulls team. It wasn't the 90s. No, no, Bulls. no, no. I mean, that was a – there's not – aside from the Warriors, there hasn't been that much of a well-rounded team to that extent since then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's been other dynasty teams. There's been other great teams, uh, namely the Lakers with Kobe and Jack. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there was, you know, there's, there's been some other great teams, but you know, it's Kobe and Shaq. And then there was a lot of other great pieces. Obviously I'm a huge fan of Fisher. Fisher won five titles with Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. Love you. Um, and you know, there was other great players on those teams. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't, it, when it was Kobe and Shaq, it was Kobe and Shaq. When it was yeah. when it was Jordan Pippen, yes, it was Jordan Pippen, but then it was Jordan Pippen and Rodman. It was Jordan Pippen and 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 Horse or uh, 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 Harper. You know, like it was it was Jordan Pippen and somebody else. It was 
it was Kobe, Shaq, and then Fisher. You know, like, or you could argue a few other people, but I mean, it, there hasn't been that much of a well-rounded team since, especially that. I'm glad you bring up uh, the Last Dance because it was mostly the 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 second three peat. During that, during the first three peat, it was more impressive because it was more Jordan Pippen. By the time that second round came around, it was like that's like half the fucking dream team, guys. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was exactly what the Warriors did. You know. 20 some odd later, 20 some odd years later, and everyone's like, you can't beat them. It's like, that's exactly what happened in the 90s. Are you going to blame them for doing it now? Like, they did the same fucking thing fucking 20 years ago. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Anyways, I've had a couple drinks now. Now let's get into some funny shit again. Namely, a man from Kansas. I watched this uh, a couple nights ago for the first time. I absolutely loved it. Fucking hilarious. Um, again, available on Amazon. Um, when you kind of started out, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, vibe with the brand of comedy because I got to be honest, I'm from Southern California. You're from Kansas. We already have this rift about our teams. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy this. Then you go into a little spiel about hamburgers in Los Angeles, and I felt I felt attacked. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy's coming at me about my favorite kind of cheeseburgers here in Southern California. I I happen to like aioli on my fucking cheeseburger. What say you, sir? <laughs> well, that's called a man from Kansas. <laughs> I'm big on that stuff. I don't, like I said in the thing, I don't like weird to be weird. I don't like Radiohead. <laughs> Grateful Dead in the 80s, you know. <laughs> no, it's fantastic the way you describe uh, 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 cheese too. You're like Havarti is the worst cheese out there. It's the blandest cheese out there. I want to taste plastic, and I thought to myself, what does plastic taste like, and why is it more flavorful than bland? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the way it melts, man. That American <laughs> melts like a goddamn dream. <laughs> and I love. Okay, this is perfect. You already went into. This entire chat, you did not have that accent. As soon as I start talking about cheeseburgers, all of a sudden this motherfucking Kansas accent comes out. <laughs> uh, I also got my second tequila. Uh, that's, that's what does it. Another thing you mentioned about cheeseburgers, and we'll call them poor folks, and their ketchup. It's got to be Heinz. Yeah, man, they nailed it. <laughs> they na- it's done. Ketchup is done. You don't have to try another one. You don't have to re. We fixed it. It's yeah. done. It's called Heinz. It's done. Yeah, and it, there's a there's an as you mentioned in the standup, there's an entire company based on just ketchup. Yeah, they figured it out. They're literally researching now to make sure their ketchup is still up to speed. <laughs> That's all they're doing. They just they got. Do you have this on good authority that they just got testers day in day out making sure it's still there? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I would. At a rest, I just remember that bit came from. I was at a restaurant, and they brought me some ketchup, and it was fucking disgusting. And I was like, "What is this?" And then I get our ketchup. I'm like, "Our ketchup." I was like, "Give me someone else's ketchup." <laughs> and they're like, "I was like, you don't have a packet of Heinz or something?" And they're like, "No." Nah. I was like, <laughs> and I just wrote the bit right. Like, there's a. There's a burger place that I love called Bel Campo here in town. 
and they're also a butcher shop, but they serve burgers and they also make their own ketchup, but they have Heinz because they know they back it up. They're it's like, like, yeah, it's they're, like it's, oh, it's, well, that's like when you go to a nice steakhouse, you go to a fucking Morton's or something like, yeah, they got the house sauce, but for a motherfucker like me, every once in a while, I'm like, I know that this, I know your house sauce, you take a lot of pride in, but you got any A1 back there? First off, if you need sauce, it's a bad steak. <laughs> I didn't say I need it. I'm a saucy guy. Sometimes I like a little extra sauce. If I could do a second, steak- second time now from watching your special to now you telling me, you're telling me how to enjoy my meat. And I, I'm getting, a, as a Southern Californian, I'm getting a little upset here over here. Sorry, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying I cooked you a steak and you were like, do you have any A1? I would be seriously offended. <laughs> That's how I always preface myself too. I go, I know this is like the biggest slap in your face right now, but can I get some A1? <laughs> Sometimes I don't even use it. I just want to say it. You just have it right there. <laughs> More for dominance. <laughs> Another one of the cool things that I, the, I, the hilarious things that I loved about this, and I don't want to give away too much of it, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll try and encrypt it as best I can here. Uh, Google searches and flat earthers. I mean, when, when one of the lines you, you did mention was Google is not the, it's not Google answers. It's Google search. And I, yeah, it's a search on an answer. Yeah. And to me, I know that the special is, you know, uh, several months old now. Um, but it's still very poignant in today's (laughs) state of the world. Right. Especially right now, because yeah. like you got all, again, like those people we were talking about earlier, just the contrarians that like all of a sudden know science. Yeah, and they're like, I'm like, no, you, man, if you Google coronavirus hoax, then shit about that's gonna come up. <laughs> it's not Google's not gonna go no. They're gonna go, yeah. You want to search that? There's here's what we search. Yeah, here's a, here's another group of people that think like you. That that's all that's all that we do here. <laughs> and, they, and then they're like well so google says it's a hoax no man you asked it <laughs> no it is it is pretty funny and it's sad to to admit in this day and age that i mean it's the same shit i just can't understand it for me when when i was in grade school or you know whatever and you had book reports and everyone had the same thing you hear your parents say don't believe everything you see on tv you know, do your own research and everything like that. And like, yeah, of course, as a kid, you say, yeah, fuck off. I'm just going to go find the notes and write this report so I don't have to deal with it. But I still remembered that that, that was an actual concept in the back of my mind. I, yeah, of course, I cheated to get my fucking paper in. But like when it came <laughs> when it came time to actually having the knowledge, it wasn't like I spout out that fucking knowledge because I read it on a fucking on a note on a notepad from another guy. You know, so it's like I use that. But the reality is. You have to actually look at the words that you're getting and, and the sources you're getting it from. Let, let, let's be honest. Like, you can't just. I can go search anything in the world and and prove any fact that I wanted to right now with you, Chris. Like, that's the reality of it. If I wanted to prove a point with you, I can bring up my phone, no matter how insane it sounded, and I could show you an article or someone who said something that even might even sound reputable and show it straight to your face and say, "See." Yeah. And that's that's but the also, problem. How old are you? I'm 35. Yeah, 35. 30. So you're a little younger than I am. I came up in probably the last generation 
that use actual encyclopedias, like the books. Like I remember. Oh, they used to. They used to make books. Ah, see. (laughs) I remember. remember, uh, I remember when the first CD-ROM encyclopedia came out. It was fucking mind blowing. I remember that too. You were like, like not only are the books here on this screen, there's videos now and all this other shit. Was that Windows ninety five? Windows ninety five was the shit. Right. Remember when Microsoft came out with Encarta? You were yeah. just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, we used to fight over the computers in, in grade school to go play with Encarta. Yeah. And, but they were still, they were encyclopedias. They were still facts. Like there were no search engines. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at these things, you were looking at facts. <laughs> and now, and now people go to, they think they're doing research and they're just, Looking at other people's opinions that have that have made a YouTube video. Yeah, all those assholes with opinions and YouTube videos. Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh, by the right? way, you can find this episode on YouTube as well. I know you're probably listening as a podcast. <laughs> you can find the visual of me and Chris getting a little bit drunk and talking shit. Um, it's it's been fun. It has been fun. Last uh, last couple of quick stories I got to get to though. You mentioned a story, and I, 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 I don't want to like reveal the magician's curtain behind or anything like that, but there was an Anne Sons and Justin Verlander uh, story that you told uh, in Kans- uh, A Man from Kansas. Uh, if there is a way, could you describe that? And, and uh, uh, f- I want to say fact or fiction, but I, again, I don't want to pull, pull the veil behind it. I mean... How much do you want to divulge about this, or how much should we just tell everyone to like just go fucking check it out? Because I thought it was a very interesting story. It's basically a story about uh, actually through Kid Rock, I'd met Justin Verlander, and I happened to be in Kansas City one night, and he was in Kansas City one night, and we went out drinking and ended up meeting some of Mumford and Sons, but one of them wasn't Mumford. And we ended up playing beer pong at my po- my folks' house. Yeah. Uh, for everyone watching right now, that is the uh, very edited version of the story. I urge you to go listen to the rest of the story uh, right on A Man from Kansas, available on Amazon from Chris Porter's special. Um, I do tell the story pretty much verbatim how it happened, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I, – I don't discredit it. I don't, I don't mean to discredit. I read, I, I, when I listened to it, I went, I tried to play many stories in my mind of meeting people in a bar and what happened afterward. And I thought about it and I went, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. This all happened. Yeah. That was, that was a hundred percent true. It was one of those weird nights where I was like, well, let's see. I'll just throw this out here and see if it happens. Yeah. And everything went. Yeah. So if, yeah. You're, if you're intrigued by that much of the story, go check out the special. Um, one other thing, uh, I, I saw that you were able to uh, share the stage. Was it share the stage or, or see uh, George Carlin's? Uh, you, you shared the stage with George Carlin, one of his last uh, stand-ups. Yeah. Like that, right? Open for him when he was prepping for – 
his last special. He would always run them at the Comedy Magic Club at Hermosa Beach. And he would be there for like two weeks straight. And, uh, yeah, I, it was. So what was that? It was, was that the last one that, um, forgive my ignorance here. I'm, I am, a, I'm a very big George Carlin fan. Um, one of the last ones I saw was pretty fucking dark. Um, it seemed like, uh, I mean, a, a lot of his comedy was, and it was funny dark, don't get me wrong, but it was dark to the point where like, I remember watching it with my late drummer, uh, the Rev, and we were both like, whoa, fuck, like, he really doesn't care anymore. Like, we've seen a lot of his stand-up before, but it was kind of like, he was talking about the end, like, pretty openly in some of his uh, his latter years. And uh, was that one of those? Here's the thing. I, I had thought Carlin had, throughout the 90s, I'd always thought he had, he had kind of, obviously his seventies and eighties shit was amazing. But in the nineties, I had always thought his point had superseded the joke a little bit. And I remember sitting, I got to meet him and we talked, we took that photo and then I sat down in the, I did my set and then I sat down in the audience and for an hour I was like, he's back. Like, this is the Carlin I remember. And I just remember it was the special where, I don't know, I don't think I've actually seen it, but the night he opened, he literally walked out on stages and Lance Armstrong could suck my dick. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the one. And he's, like, dressed in yeah. all black. And, yeah, that, that's the one. And it was, and, it, and this was before the doping scandal. This was when he was still, like, the golden goose. Yeah. And, and so that was something to be said. And I just remember it being one of the greatest hours of comedy I ever witnessed. And I just, I remember driving home that night going, I witnessed something amazing. This yeah. George, Cor George Car Carlin, sorry, easy for me to say, is obviously like one of the greats of all time. Do you have a couple other uh, influences just real quick that uh, you can, you know, kind of educate those who don't know much about your comedy and kind of are getting to know it right now. Like what kind of a brand of comedy and what has inspired you? Uh, Hedberg was a big influence. Doug Stanhope was a huge influence. Uh, but the guy, the guy that really influenced me the most was this cat named Brian Burgess out of Kansas city. Like he was a guy that you've never heard of. And, but he was like, you know, I'm sure you've met musicians like in your hometown where you're like, you could have been the biggest thing ever if you would have just done something. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is done something, stars align. I mean, there's a lot to it. I mean, but uh, yeah, Carlin, Hedberg, Lewis Black, Doug Stanhope, Pryor, obviously, and uh, Eddie Murphy. And yeah, that was about it. So basically, if you like clean comedians, uh, uh, you definitely want to go check out Chris Porter. He's one of the cleanest out there. Um, very PG, very, uh, I mean, even G it sometimes. Um, speaking of PG and G, though, uh, uh, someone who's uh, an acquaintance of some kind, um, Josh Wolf. I just saw that you were on his podcast and you guys were doing shrooms together. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't do, I wish I would have done more shrooms, but yeah, he, uh, he invited me on to his high live and you know, I got there. He's like ice room for this. You don't have to. And I'd been wanting to for a while now. And cause I, 
during the last comic standing run, I was literally doing mushrooms all the time. Like my first album is called screaming from the cosmos because I wrote most of it on mushrooms. Uh, is it, wait, wait, does that explain, before we get on into, does that explain the bell bottoms, the beard, and the long hair, and, and why why the change over the years? Because, I mean, before you kind of, I mean, you looked like you could have been on that 70s show when you were on uh, season four. Usually influenced by the Black Crows and the all, like, all my musical heroes wore bell bottoms and weird coats, and especially at 05, 06, the, the Crows would come out with fucking hats and coats <laughs> and i just i'm you know so when i finally got some money to dress the way i wanted to dress i went out and had bell bottoms made and i went out and bought all these coats and i found these i found this Jimi hendrix line of shirts that were too expensive and poorly made and i just you know i i finally looked the way i wanted to look and then I did that shit for eight years. I didn't wear underwear for eight years. Damn. uh, Then, um, you know, a lot of it was I became friends with the Black Crows, and they weren't wearing that shit anymore. Yeah, but I mean, are you guys? I mean, are you still? Have you been checked? Are you are you still able to conceive? I mean, there's a. (laughs) I mean, there's a pro and con in there. I mean, if I'm being honest. And just so as, you know, the first thing to go was the hair just because it was so, I wanted it to grow out into like a Rich Robinson because it was curly. I wanted this fucking mane of curls like Kenny G and and the shit just kept growing out like a shrubbery. And uh, so once I cut that, it kind of started the metamorphosis because once I cut the hair, I was like, this is so amazing. And then, and then I got, you know what happened? Mm. The, the pair of Jordans that I wanted as a kid got re-released. Uh Oh, and I just walked into, I just happened to be walking in. I wasn't a sneakerhead at all at the time. And I walked into a footlocker and saw them and bought them and was like, this, these are great. Well, then I put them on and I had bell bottoms (laughs) on. Couldn't see him. Okay, I think in interest of, of of those pauses right there, I think you need to take another rip of that bong I saw you before dinner. Just okay. a second ago, and then I'll, I'll take the moment to uh, uh, to plug the fact that you are now a, a shoe connoisseur. That makes sense that you're a fan of Zach Myers, of uh, a friend rather of Zach Myers from Shine Down. Another mutual friend, though, two mutual friends, Adam Ray and Brad Williams, were uh, kind enough to be on the show before. Had an absolute blast. I came down, hung out. I wasn't sure if I was still going to make it videos at the time, so we just moved into like my little studio room. And Adam at one point looked around and was like, where are the cameras? Because he had seen the production. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm kind of moving away from that. And then uh, so you can rub it into them that there's actually a video to your episode. Uh, no, I wanted to see my face because I'm not as fucking ugly as you are. That's what I <laughs> That's exactly what you need to so tell tell them that next time. <laughs> no, they were absolutely awesome to be on the show as you were. Thank you so much. I know you got to go uh, make dinner and do the whole fucking nine. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but thanks again so much for being on the show, Chris. Uh, let's plug everyone. Go check out uh, a man from Kansas. Uh, um, follow Chris 
on uh, Instagram at I'm Chris Porter. He used to have a Twitter, but I'm told now that uh, he's been banned from Twitter. So, Twitter. Uh, I'm just having login issues, and I've had. No, I don't no, know. No. Just have... go with the band, dude. Just go with the band. You're too fucking raunchy for Twitter. Chris Porter is too raunchy for Twitter. We're gonna put it out there right now. <laughs> with my non-political comedy. Yeah, non-political, non-religious. Uh, <laughs> yep. Unpicked balls. <laughs> Uh, and I also have a big virtual show coming up August 28th at RushTicks.com. So if they want to actually see me do some comedy and not leave their house. Oh, that's right. Well, can you say that again one more time and then we, we, could, we could put it. Just do like a little point right here and we'll put it right there for you. Go to this website, RushTicks.com. That's R-U-S-H-T-I-X.com. And uh, August 28th, 7 p.m. Pacific, you get to see my new hour of comedy. And then I do like, and then I hang out after and answer questions and show you my balls. <laughs> All right, man. I've taken enough of your time and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, everyone, make sure you go follow Chris Porter and go check out everything that he's got coming down the pipes. You will not be remiss to do so. And thanks for checking out the episode. Till next time. Cheers. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks again so much for uh, checking out the podcast, listening all the way through. Really appreciate it. As I said before, if you think we deserved it, give us a five-star rating, leave a comment, and subscribe right here to the podcast. Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com for an archive of all of our episodes, as well as, uh, you know, we got some merch up there that helps, you know, my team here at Drinks With Johnny. Um, we have a small team, but uh, yeah, every little bit helps me to pay those guys <laughs> for uh, the work they're doing, uh, which is great work, and I appreciate them very much. That's uh, Brandon, Sam, and Dione. Um, so yeah, uh, if you can, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com, find out more about Drinks with Johnny, everything Drinks with Johnny, merch, everything. Sign up for the newsletter, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know the spiel, I say it every week, and thank you guys so much for your support. Please tell a friend. Keep this thing going. We got a lot more uh, in the tank. I want to keep going with this every every single week. So uh, make sure you support. And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Until next week, as always, cheers. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.